Hello and welcome. My name is Monica and I'll be the host for this episode. So today we have a special guest with us. Nicole, hi. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Can you tell Thank us a you little bit? Yeah, of course. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the agency you work with? Sure. Um, so my name is Nicole Edelman. I'm the Substance Use Services Director at the Community Mental Health Partnership of Southeast Michigan. Um, and so most people don't know what our agency is or who or who we are or what we do. So I'll just try to explain that as simply as I can. It's a little complicated, um, but we are basically a regional entity. So we serve Livingston, Lenaway, Monroe, and Washtenaw counties. And we um, are the agency where we're sort of a sub-state agency where we are sent the funds to help support people who need um, mental health services, substance use disorder services, um, or in, in, um, intellectual developmental disability services who are on Medicaid or who have no insurance. Um, so that's our primary function. And so we work very closely with the community mental health agencies in our region. So specifically Livingston County Community Mental Health Authority. Um, and we really delegate a lot of those services to the CMHs. So um, Livingston County Community Mental Health really coordinates the mental health and substance use services for Livingston County, but we're like, we act as the funder and um, we work in close partnership with both the CMH and the providers. Okay. Does that help explain? Yeah, definitely. It sounds like you guys are like a major pillar in the, you know, working wheel of how someone can get services. Right. We are. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem to people, we seem to be a little behind the scenes more than people don't see us very often. Um, but yeah, we do one of our main roles that which we I would love to talk about quickly is, you know, the access role. So if a person is looking for substance use treatment services, and again, this is a function that we delegate to the community mental health um, in Livingston, is that if somebody's looking for substance use treatment services, they would call the community mental health access line and access services that way. Okay. Awesome. So thank you for sharing with us a little bit about it. I even, you just taught me some more about your agency okay. as well. <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about your specific role and what you do? Yeah, so I'm a substance use services director. And um, so it's interesting because actually we're, we're called the PIHP or prepaid inpatient health plan. There are 10 of us across the, across the state. We all have our own counties, which I explained. So, um, and like I said, for the most part, we delegate our mental health services um, to the CMHs, but the substance use services, a lot of them we keep in-house. Um, so again, Livingston and Lenaway counties um, really do coordinate their own mental health or substance use services. Um, so I partner very closely with the, with the Livingston CMH on substance use services. But for Washtenaw counties and Monroe County, we really oversee the substance use services. So all the funds from the state when it comes to substance use services flow through our office. So we're really just trying to make sure that um, everybody, ha all providers have what they need, that we have a provider that we and Livingston and our whole region has a provider panel that um, meets the need of people on Medicaid or uninsured. Um, and that includes uh, prevention services, uh, treatment services, recovery services, and anything in between. Okay. So substance, you know, use, misuse, and recovery all, you know, encompassing all of that. Yeah. And prevention and harm reduction and all of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think harm reduction has been, you know, a huge thing, especially during the pandemic that people have, you know, really been trying to utilize. 
Absolutely. And I'm really happy with how um, stigma has decreased a lot. There's still a great deal of stigma around harm reduction, but that people recognize that, you know, anything somebody can do to reduce their harm or to reduce their use is a pos- any positive change is, is needed. So we, we support that fully. Oh, definitely. And changes change, right? Absolutely. Um, so speaking of, you know, some of the substance use stuff and in your position, have you noticed anything that has sort of changed since the start of the pandemic with substance abuse services? Oh, a ton. I mean, there's a lot. And I think, you know, from the most basic, obvious things of like people accessing treatment can be hard um, if they're positive, right? So we have to make sure that our, you know, for example, residential treatment providers have to test people, make sure, you know, if there's anyone with COVID, they have to deal with that within their residential facilities. Outpatient providers are the same if they're providing groups, have to make sure that people are, you know, taking precautions and are not testing positive. Um, I think it's also, it's had a huge impact on staffing, which, um, you know, I think that's, we're seeing that all over the place, right? So Mm -hmm. restaurants are grocery stores, but really um, in our uh, service providers, we're having a real big mental health um, substance use disorder staffing shortage. Um, And I think one positive change, I will say, I think that has come out of the pandemic has been telehealth services. So that has been allowed through the public health emergency. And we're waiting to see what, what changes when the public health emergency ends. But our hope is that you know, telehealth services can continue because I think that has been one thing that has made um, treatment more accessible to people. So I have a question, and I don't know if you even have the answer to this, but I'm curious. Has sure. Would you say that having access to telehealth services has given people, like, have you seen more people getting help with being able to receive telehealth services? Oh, it's so hard to say. I mean, I think, you know, the challenge with that number is that you know, as much as people, I think there has been an increase in need for sure. It's been hard because providers have a decrease in capacity. So, you know, with COVID, they've been able to take on fewer people due to, you know, um, things like, uh, you know, proximity requirements, like making sure there aren't too many people in the, same, in the room and all that and staffing shortages. So those things have caused for, you know, maybe fewer admissions than we would like to be happening. So I think it's a both and if that makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you this is so if there was someone who say they went to an agency um, in the you know, in the areas that you guys service, and somebody was not able to get services because of a shortage, would they be able to go somewhere else and still get services? Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah, they can they can talk to the access department and be um, choose to have services anywhere where there's a where there's a service provider available. Okay. Yeah, we would work with someone to get them in as soon as possible. Yeah, okay. it's not always as soon as we want. You know, we would love to have treatment on demand for everyone. And that mm-hmm. doesn't unfortunately always happen, but we do our best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that we had talked about previous to our podcast is um, overdoses during the pandemic. Could you shed some light on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that's been really terrible. I think there's been a lot of news about that. And that's been on the rise for sure everywhere. So um, nothing specific to Livingston County or to our region. It's just it's it's very scary. And it's everywhere. And it's partially due to fentanyl, 
um, which I think everybody knows about at this point, but maybe not, you know, being a very strong opiate that is now being found in everything, right? So I think people somehow sometimes expect that it might be in heroin and injectable heroin, but it can be in, in pills and people don't realize it. It can be in, in you know, in, in anything. So we're seeing a, a huge increase in overdoses. So we do really try to make sure people have access to naloxone because um, naloxone really helps prevent death. I mean, it is just number one a thing to do mm-hmm. is to make sure that you have naloxone on hand if that's something that you feel like you might need. And we provide it for free. The state health dep- department provides it for free. CMH provides it for free. So it's accessible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing that I wanted to clarify, too, that you said is that I think a lot of people have this idea with heroin, you know, they associate overdose with heroin, but you were saying that fentanyl is being put in so many other things that it's not just heroin that people are overdosing from. That's right. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Cocaine, um, other stimulants, Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah, we're seeing it all over the place. And yeah, I think they're saying that really it's being found in almost every overdose death that they see. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so unfortunate. And I'm... and they're also, I should say also, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I just no, want to mention that another tool that people can use, which is fentanyl test strips. Um, so obviously that's a little bit harder for pills, um, but uh, fentanyl test strips are available and people can use them to see if there's fentanyl in there, in the substance that they're using. So let me ask you this. If somebody needed to locate the fentanyl strips, um, where could they get them at? So they can always reach out to us. I know we're a little hard to find. So cmhpsm.org is our website, but the, uh, the specific provider in our region that is distributing those is called Unified HIV Health and Beyond. And so you can go to their website and it has their phone number and their, you can walk in there and they'll, they'll get them to you or you can call them. They're, they're distributing them to our region for free. Oh, that is amazing. What a wonderful resource to be able to have access to. And on top of that, the naloxone too. Absolutely. So we're starting to get to the end of this. And one of the things I like to kind of end with is a coping skill that people can use or, you know, some type of resource that people can use. And I know we've actually touched on a few resources, but um, would you, what would you say for somebody who is experiencing a substance abuse challenge? What could they do um, if they wanted to seek help or, you know, assistance? Yeah. I mean, as soon as somebody's ready for help, and I would encourage them to call the access line um, if they have Medicaid or are uninsured or call their private insurance if that's the case. Call for treatment services. Um, they are available. If they're not ready for that kind of help, um, you know, any kind of harm reduction techniques that you can do, don't use alone. Have naloxone available. Um, be as careful as you can. Um, and then there are also a lot of uh, resources that have um, peers available. So people who are in long-term recovery who can help, you know, just be with you and talk to you um, and help you. There are a couple places that are, that make it easy to access. So Stepping Stones Engagement Center, Mm -hmm. which is run by Livingston County CMH is a great resource for people who um, are using and might want to access help and don't know where to go. Um, And also Recovery Advocates in Livingston is another um, recovery community organization um, that, that works with people who are looking for help or people in long-term recovery or who want to be in recovery. Um, and then of course, meetings in the, in the County, all over the place, hopefully those would be my words of advice. Well, thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you so much for coming on here today. 
Thank you so much for having me. It's such an important issue and we really appreciate the attention and hope everybody is as safe as they can be. Please join us next week as we speak with somebody who has experience working in the substance abuse field and experience in long-term recovery and some of the things they have noticed and things that have helped them during the pandemic. Thank you for listening.